0: Father, and just agree with me, Father, today I thank you that your Holy Spirit's present in this place. It's not like he's not here, he is here. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just minister as you have been to hearts and lives and that we'd be completely open and receptive to what you want to speak and say to us today because your Word is alive and active and incredibly good for us. And Father, we commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. You may take your seats. Thanks, team. Appreciate you guys. You guys are brilliant. You know, maybe in the next month or so, um, just so you know, we're going to be um, uh, taking this little bit, this middle part of the stage away and just propping this going back there and putting these singers back on the stage. And just allowing our seats to be expanded or put in another row—is that cool? Um, and sometimes we just get a little full, so we're just trying to make way before our building. Finally, we knock out that wall there. Um, take a good look at that wall because it's going. Uh, but this will be about five months away. But you can see if you were if you came this morning, you'll see at that end of the building. There's some earthworks has started, um, so. Uh, Obviously, we can't, well, we could park there, but uh, we encourage you to start to park. And you are. Thank you, everybody who's parking everywhere else. Just don't park anybody in. Is that cool? Just think about that. Brilliant. But uh, so, just so you, you know what's happening. Fantastic. I want to turn your attention to the book of Romans. It was, uh, um, I'm, I just, I couldn't help, I'm flying into Rome on Tuesday. <laughs> But um, and here, and and one of the things I want to do when I'm in Rome is I want to see that there's a prison where Paul and Peter were imprisoned, uh, not very far from the Colosseum in Rome. And I, and they tell me it's not very flash, it's just this little kind of church and you go in there, it's a very small little prison, but you can go and that's where they say they were in prison. would that be great? You know, if you're looking in there and there is Paul, it's scribbled his initials. I don't think so, but anyway, <laughs> that'd be, I'd take a picture of that, hey? I could sell it for money. <laughs> anyway, Paul writes to Romans chapter 1, chapter 1, the very first chapter, verses 1 to 4. And Paul, he starts this message. He says, have you got it? Have you, are you there? It's on the screen, but if you've got your own tablet, your own phone, your own Bible, that'd be great. It says, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. Which he, who's he? Which God promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Who did he promise would do this? Concerning Jesus, his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Right there in that passage, and this is not where I'm going today, but I just realised as you read that passage... The whole, what we call the Trinity or the three-in-one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, is contained right there because you see it talks about Jesus Christ. It talks about God the Father. It, it, you know, um, It talks about the word He is talking about God. And then it talks about the Spirit of holiness talking about the Holy Spirit. So who can deny the power of the relationship between the three of them and, and presenting the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ to the world? But Paul was one of the benefactors of that incredible message of the good news of Jesus, way back there in, in those early times. In actual fact, it was AD 35 when Paul turned his life over to God and Jesus had an, he had an encounter with, the, with Jesus Christ. Even though Christ had, had risen and you know, died and gone to be with his Father in heaven, Jesus encountered him right there and spoke to him audibly. Who knows, if you get an audible voice, you better listen. <laughs> If God speaks to you in in, in a d thirty five there's traces back to that year, which is two years after Christ died, Paul had this encounter, and he he opened his life and committed and responded to God and committed his life to Christ of course um, he wrote actually he wrote this he wrote this roman this book to Rome in to the church in Rome in a d fifty six okay. So it took a while for him to get to the point where he wanted to write what he thought. And you know, and that was probably good because if you do a little mathematics, that's 21 years after he responded and opened his, yielded his life to Christ. 21 years later, he kind of feels possibly that he's got something of understanding of what God's about, something of an understanding of what this good news of the, the message of Jesus is about. And so he r- starts to write. And in in he wrote this down in Romans. In actual fact, he wrote several books and we were to the rattle them off in, in the New Testament. you got, you got Romans and 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians and Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Philippians Colossians and Titus and Philemon. And, and all of those books he wrote, and um, I think there's 11 or some more. But, you know, the truth is, is that he starts them the same way. I don't know if you've noticed this. Whenever you read those books in the, in the Bible, he starts them the same way. He always starts with his name, Paul. And if we were to just for a moment to consider the very first verse of where Paul starts, he says, Paul, a servant or a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. Hello. So okay. You didn't like that point, Chef. So... um the interesting thing you could say why 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 would he? It's an incredible. If you were to if you were to just pause for a moment on that verse, you'll find very clearly that that verse it literally is is Paul's testimony. It's his life story in that just one verse. He talks about what's happened and how it's happened and his destiny and his. He talks about so many things in just this one verse. I don't know if I could wrap my life up in one verse, but Paul does a really good job in, in the first verse of Romans. Um, and so out of this verse, the other verses are incredible, but this verse particularly, particular, I just want to point to you. I want to point you, I want to give you a signpost today about how you can live your life and how you need to live your life in relation to what God's claims upon our life. We've been talking about, the singing about it this morning, that he wants to bless us, he wants to... Do, well, how about we just put some practice to that and let's see how he wants to do that in our lives. Because I, I think that... God is, can I just say, God never wants you just to, He wants you to be always dynamic and dynamic in the sense of always moving forward. Never, never static. Oh, you know, I've made it. It's okay. He's always got more. He's always got more for us. He's not the God of the settle down and, you know, you'll be right. No, He's the God of get going and keep moving. I've got so much more for you to live. I don't care whether you're 90 and some of us are this morning. There's much more to live. And even when this life is finished, there's even, whoa, life really starts. So Paul, and then, so there's some thoughts here from this verse. And the first thing, as I mentioned already, Paul says is he mentions his name. Interesting. Now, you, you and I don't write letters like that. I don't start my letter, James. No, I write, dear Michelle. If I'm doing, I don't write letters, to be honest. I write emails. But, you know, you, you don't put your first name. It's not a, but Paul, why did Paul do that? Is he trying to is he trying to make himself look Hey, everybody, see me? No, quite the contrary. Paul is not about himself. Quite the contrary. Paul, as he states his name, is declaring something incredibly powerful about the God that he serves. Because what he's claiming, and proclaiming really right there, is he's saying, You know what? I'm Paul, but I always wasn't Paul. I'm transformed. And when I claim my name, every time I say it, I'm speaking something out because I was once Saul, but now I'm incredibly changed, man. I'm transformed. I'm a Paul. And I want you to to know that points to the saving grace and amazing power of my living God that I worship and serve that's what he's saying in one word Paul he's saying I am a transformed man so Paul in saying Paul was giving a testimony of the incredible grace of God He wasn't pointing to himself, he was pointing to God. He said, I was a Saul. And do you know what Saul was like? Saul was the religious leader. Saul was the man who knew so much. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was fanatical in his belief system, so much so that he was willing to get particularly get rid of a sect called Christians. And he was the the guy, he he was fanatical in his belief. I mean, he was the guy who, who, who had disturbing passions. He had bad attitudes. He stood there and condoned and not only condoned but set up the first person to be martyred for Christ was Stephen. Paul was the guy who was behind that whole push for that to happen. He wanted them dead, he wanted this sect out of the, until in AD 35 he became one of them. But, so he was a Saul. And on that road to Damascus that day, when Jesus met him and he was transformed, he changed his name to Paul. And so often, when God wants to do something in our lives, we don't change our name these days, but what happens is he changes our inner person. Because Paul changing his name from Saul was just an outward example of an inward work. Um, so, Paul, so every time Paul now, he no longer. Was what others called him, he's what God calls him. Paul, the transformed one. Paul, the man that has changed. You see, all the way through the scriptures, we see that God is in the transformation business. He's in the, you know, he's in the transformation business. How much have you been transformed even this year? I mean, it's halfway through the year. Is there things that you've seen have shifted for the better? I think God wants to do that in our lives. He wants to now our outward body may be getting less, but our inward man can increase and become better and bigger and more embracing of what God has for us that's the joy of it isn't it' it's, that's a good thing so it, it paul god's in the transforming business. Paul actually said it, Romans chapter twelve verse two he says don't conform he says don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your Then, 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 you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing and perfect will. It's amazing that God wants to show you what He's got for you. As you, um, He wants to show you a destiny. He says, I want to show you my will. But you know, I've discovered, church, He'll never show you a will until you form your identity in Christ. You'll never know your destiny until you know who you really are in Christ. You'll never know your destiny until you really know who your identity is in Jesus. And Paul did didn't know who he was in Jesus. He was out killing Christians and God transformed him and he found a true identity in Christ. And then he started to work and he became one of the Christians. See, God wants you. The first thing I get from this this whole thing about just Paul is he wants to make sure your identity is solid in him. Your identity. What's your identity? It's what what you uh, makes up you. It, it, it's what you you look to to form your identity. It's, it's what you base your life around to form who you are that's what your identity is and it's incredibly important Um, incredibly important see sometimes I think you know the scripture says it's in him we live and move and have our being do you know the verse Oh, you do. It's in Him we live. That's just not a nice verse. That's an incredible verse. It's in Him that we're going to live. It's in Him we're going to breathe. It's in Him we're going to have life, move and have our being. It's in Him. So if we don't live for Him, who are we living for? Because it's in Him we have identity. And out of identity, we get a destiny, what God has for us. How many people have turned their life around? They've been working for the enemy, and then when Jesus transforms them, they start to, I'm going to work for God. I'm going to do something great. But I've got a different thoughts now. I've got different attitudes, my identity, and, and and we've got to see that. You know, sometimes what happens is we we transpose over the top of the identity we have in Christ with a whole bunch of stuff that just doesn't do us good. Sometimes we get identity out of what we have, material stuff. Sometimes people live, uh, you know, well, you know, I've got that, and I've got the latest that, and I've got that, and I've got that, and I've got two garages and three cars and one boat. Now, there's nothing wrong with all that, but, folks, it doesn't make you who you are. Mm. Sometimes we get our identity, we superimpose over Christ, we, we superimpose, that's a good word um, you used this morning, I'm using it now, it's a great word, Superimpose over Christ, the, the realities of, of not just what we have, but also um, sometimes our position or our title. Well, you know, I'm pastor. <laughs> Who cares, I rip what you are. <laughs> it doesn't make me any better in Christ. <laughs> well i'm whatever i'm an engineer i'm a teacher i'm a carpenter i'm whatever praise god for our jobs praise god for our calling but it's not who gives you identity you can't can't base your identity around what you do and the things that and the title over your door if you have got one i have not you know you can't do that it doesn't give you identity it, you know even your ability or lack of ability cannot give you identity Sometimes people superimpose their ability. Well, I'm very good at this. I'm very good at that. And, and you know, I, I tell you what, the, the brightest sports stars in the world shine when they, they, they've got incredible ability, incredible ability to go and play their chosen sport, but they don't lean on that to prove who they are. I reckon Ash Barty's probably like that right now. I, the reason she's at the top of a game is not because uh, that she has to, I don't know what the inner workings of her mind are, but she certainly on the outward doesn't seem to be a person that has to, oh, this is who I, makes me who I am. No, it doesn't. Praise God. We've got a woman, Australian woman tennis player at the top. Praise God. I'm not into sport much, much. Right? <laughs> and, I, I, and, you know, tell me about the Australian cricket team. Do you know why they're winning? I want to tell you why they're winning right now in the, in the, you know, in the um, World Cup. If you didn't know, there's a 50 limited over World Cup happening. You know why? It's not because they haven't got ability. It's because they've humbled themselves in some instances. And you know what I'm talking about, but it's because of a change on the inside. It's, and they're going to do well because in, in, it's a quality that kind of proves that our identity is, is we're not bigger than the game, the, you know, and, and the things that we do in the sports or the abilities, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't form your identity. Folks, I'm going to tell you there's something greater than that, those things. You know, you can be muscle bound and buff and everything, it doesn't, can't form your identity, because it's like sand through your hands it's going to disappear you get old you gray muscles drop down (laughs) oh we try hard to keep them looking good but it's not going to (laughs) happen destiny what's your destiny destiny is the promises of god over your life Destiny is, is destiny. Healing is your destiny. You know, miracles are your destiny. Faith to see mountains moved is your destiny. God's promises to you. We've been singing about it. Being full of God's presence and breaking the power of sinful habits. That's your destiny. That's your future. Come on, stop mucking around in the world and come and grab a hold of identity Him, so you can know that destiny is God for you. See, it's, it's your destiny to see your family serving God. I reckon that's a great blessing to see that. I reckon your destiny is to live in blessing and not struggle street all the time. Um, it's not that we don't have our struggles, but you know that's your destiny. That's our destiny. And your destiny and your identity go hand in hand. And and when your identity is not in God, other things want to superimpose over the top of that. And you've got to say, no, it's not material. It's not position. It's not title. It's not what people think of me. It's not my abilities. It's in Him that I live and move and have my being. And you say, I tell you what, you do life at such a different level of peace and joy when you have that. And know who you are in Christ. Devil wants to steal your identity, folks. He wants to make your identity and all the stuff of the world. You know, I've got a a, a, for many years or a couple years, I had a guy in this city, and some of you are aware of this. Had a guy in this city who had the same name as me, James Hewitt. Actually, was Jamie Hewitt, and and Jamie and he never did this on purpose. It wasn't his issue at all. But the police mistaken me for him on many occasions. And Jamie Hewitt at one stage was wanted by the police. And Jamie Hewitt has a pretty long record. He's a nice guy. I always met him. He was just drunk when I met him often. He says, I'm going to come to your church one day. I said, you're welcome, Jamie. He did many, many years ago he was in our church but he, 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 he you know he's a nice guy but he just gets himself in a lot of messes and the police wanted him and they had you know uh, and he had a long list of criminals i got pulled up by the police one day going down Phillips street and they pulled me over and took a breathalyzer i passed it <laughs> <laughs> and and then and then they said where's your license was actually driving your car I don't know if you remember this you lent me your car Bruce and I and and um and uh and I said oh you wouldn't believe it my license is in my other car I'm driving someone else's car they said oh yeah what's your name I said James Hewitt oh yeah they said just wait there don't move they went over to their car, they rang through to home or on the computer in their car, on their police car. They held me for 15 minutes, imprisoned me in my own car for 15 minutes. And then they came back to me and said, sir, you need to make sure you have your license on you. I said, I know why. He said, yeah, you know why, I know why. There's another guy, yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Within that same year, I had the police ring me and say to me, hey, you know about that, um, that, that, um, that statement that you wrote out at the police station last week? And I said, what? I didn't write any statement? He says, sir, what's your name? James Wood. He says, you wrote a statement. I said, I didn't do anything I Had to convince him. Finally, I said to him, sir, if you don't mind me saying, see my name, there's two of us in this city, and I'm not that. <laughs> and then I had two detectives Come to the door of the church here, sit down in my office and say, We want to question you about a murder. I smiled and said, Really? He said, Yeah. Do you know what you were at the Rocky Glen on Sunday at lunchtime at the at the bar? I said, Sir, I wasn't at the Rocky Glen, I was here in church. They quickly flipped through their pad and they said, Mmm, sorry. <laughs> they were most embarrassed. Anyway, I want to say all that to say this, is that my friend Jamie, not purposely, but he's stealing my identity, or I'm stealing his, and as an identity I don't want, I tell you, the devil wants to rip you off and steal your identity in Christ. He wants to superimpose over your life all the rubbish of this world and say, oh, this is where you really get your identity. It's in what people think of you. It's in what you own. It's in your, your, your titles. It's in your abilities. Folks, those things might be good and proper, but they are not going to provide for you a hope and a future. <laughs> it's in Jesus. So Paul came to that understanding, didn't he? Paul came to that understanding, and that's why he can say Paul at the start of his letters, not in some boastful manner, but in a way proclaiming, probably with tears in his eyes, I'm Paul now because of a God that transformed me, because of a God that saved me. I'm not a Saul anymore. I'm not a religious idiot. I am a Christian who believes in Jesus and serves him. And that's why he would state it every time, every letter, all 11 of them. Bang, Paul, 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 to the Ephesus, to Colossians, to Rome. He would state it. Here's the other thing about Paul that he stated in this verse. You can see it right there in verse 1. It's verse one. It says, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. A servant is a person. When when they talk about a bondservant or a servant, in, in those days a servant was a person who obeys their master. They had servants, they had masters, okay? We don't have that so much today. We have people who work for us. Um, they do say that slavery throughout the world is higher than it's ever been in the world. That's interesting, isn't it? But in those days there was it was a it was a thing that was allowed. they had servants who would come and serve people. In Jesus' day. So it's a person who does what their master wants. Okay, So when Paul says bondservant or servant, he's not, he's not just talking about someone who comes and goes. No, he's talking about a person who's committed to the household. He's talking about a person who's committed to the master. Um, they live there. They sleep there. They eat there. They breathe. Um, they, they serve their master every way. And so Paul is metaphorically, he's saying, I'm that. I am that. Now, I used to serve Something else, now I serve my master, Jesus Christ. In actual fact, um, you know, sometimes we can, uh, we can say, well, you know, uh, being a Christian, i I'm, I'm kind of committed my life to Jesus. I've spoken a little prayer, and that's good enough. But have you actually given your life to serve him 100%? Wow. Have you have you re- surrendered your life? See, Paul actually says in in Romans chapter twelve and verse one. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to you, God's mercy. Do you know of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. That is your true and proper what worship. He says, offer your bodies. Do you know the word the, the sacrifice in the original Greek basically is is is, is means this basic request. Requirement of being a Christian in Paul's day was total servanthood and sacrifice to your master. Total commitment. Basic requirement. It's not like, well, you know, you know, when I get mature enough, I'll really start to serve Jesus. No, when you became a Christian, you served Jesus. In those days, of course, you became a Christian, you were aware of what you were getting yourself into because the reality is you could end up dead. That's a commitment, isn't it? How would it be if someone walked in here and say, you know, deny Christ or you're dead? I would think that I would, I would be, I'm kind of the glass half full type person. So I think most of us would say, yeah, shoot me one way to heaven. I'm not going to deny Christ. That would be a tragedy. That would be a terrible thing. But the reality is, isn't it interesting? A basic requirement of the Christian was to f- face up to the realities that I'm going to be solely committed and sold out to Jesus. He says, I'm a servant. I'm going to do what the master says. And, you know, we, we, we think about the reality of people being martyred. And, um, you know, across the world today, every week there's people actually dying because of Jesus Christ. You know that? It's not even me trying to extend the exaggerate. That's the fact. People die every week because of their faith in Jesus Christ. We don't hear about it, folks. We don't hear about it in the media. They don't put that all in the media, but it's out there, people being persecuted and dying for their faith. So if it came to that, maybe we would um, be willing to die or maybe we wouldn't be willing to die. The truth is we don't have that much persecution here in this nation, do we, in regards to our faith. And we might say, well, praise God for that. But, wow, you know, the reality is if maybe we did, maybe Christians would get Full on, hey? Maybe we'd have to stand up. But you know what I've discovered in the meantime? Um, you know what can be even harder, I find, for Christians in Australia? Is to live but die to yourself. To live but die for you, to yourself. Paul said, I die daily. I die to my daily agenda in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I haven't got that one up there, Sue, but don't have to. But the reality is Paul said, I die daily. You know, I think in this nation, I think in Western Western world, in the first world countries, the biggest struggle is to live for Christ but die daily to selfishness and self. Because it's easy to live for self in a country like this. I suppose in another country, you know, where, where you know, the reality is is you, every day you're not quite sure when you share the good news of Jesus, are you going to be persecuted, imprisoned and then finally killed or what? You know, some countries are like that. But people step out and they know they have got to die to their own agenda. I wonder where we are today as Christians, willing to die to our selfishness and our own agenda. You know, I, um, I've noticed something about dead people. They've lost all their options you know what I'm saying? You know, I remember walking up to the coffin of my grandfather... Keith Row, with my grandmother on my left and my mother on my right, and, and we're looking at him, you know, in the coffin just before his funeral that day. And 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 my grandmother looks at me and says, "He's not there." She had this incredible revelation. Like he he can't speak to me. I, you know, I, she put his hand on him, but it was cold. It was and she said, "He's not there." I said, "I know, Grandma. He's not there. He's not there because he's gone. His soul's gone. That's just the body he lived in for a while." She had this revelation. It's not like my grandfather could say, well, "My goodness, this coffin is too tight." Why did you dress me in in this pink shirt? Why you know because she was upset because they dressed him in pink and and if we 'd realized we would have given him then the suit for him to be dressed, why did well, you know it 's not like my grandfather could say, "Would you get me out of here i've had enough of this i you know it, the body has no options when you die to self church you 've got no options <laughs> you 've just got the option to serve him Paul said." I, I've got no options. I'm a bond servant of Jesus Christ, and the truth is, we're serving something, aren't we? Every one of us serves something. Why not serve a heavenly Father who's always been the, has always been the best for us? Um, I want to encourage us. You know, the third thing that Paul said, he said, "I'm called to be an apostle." Paul made tents for a living. Did you know that he was a tent maker, and he was at, um, he's calling but was different to what he did. What he did was a tent maker, but his calling was different. And you see, what you do is not who you are. You got that? And I've already kind of intimated that earlier, that what you do is not who you are. As I said, I... I, what I'm called pastor but that's not who I am really I'm a child of the living God first and foremost I'm a servant of God I'm 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 forgiven praise God that was a great song this morning and called to make a difference Paul said I make tents but I'm called to be an apostle you see the situation you see we've got to see um not who you know it's not who you are what you do and, and there's another one that I've used before as an illustration, but Paul says in a letter, he says, um, an ambassador for Christ, he was writing from a prison. And, and some of you heard this thought before, but he, Paul was writing from a prison and he says, you know what, I'm an ambassador for Christ in this prison. I'm, I'm someone who's going to share Jesus uh, uh, um, in this prison. I'm going to just continue to be Christ in this place. And it's interesting, but not only what you do is not who you are, but where you are is not who you are in Christ. So wherever you see Paul's in prison and yet he says an I am ambassador you know what an ambassador is an ambassador of a country is someone who's, who's almost seen like seen as a representative of the leadership of that country so we've got an Australian ambassador in America and or an Australian ambassador in, in other countries so what well, their job is to represent a country and they're looked after they're given a the lovely house to live in and they've got a, a fine food to eat and they're cared for and looked after as ambassadors representing another country Paul says, you know what I've got but none of that, I'm in prison, but I tell you what, I'm an ambassador. And he declares, and, he's, and what he was saying is, where I am is not who I am. And what you do is not who you are. Since in Christ, that's who we are. And so we've got to be aware of that. Um, and I think I've kind of labored on that point in regards um, uh, to the whole point in regards to our identity. It's so important. It's got to be in Christ. I was, I was looking at The Voice because there's a guy on there called Zeke who's a Christian. You know, on television there's a show called The Voice and all these wonderful singers come and sing. Has anybody seen that show? Just me. Thank you for one person, Ben Hur. One person, me and Ben Hur. Okay. No it's not satanic it's okay. You can watch that one, but i don 't see it a lot. I just have catch up television and i 'll watch it with Lydia and me and we'll sit and see where Zeke's up to because that guy I tell you what that young guy on the voice who's a Christian, he is the real deal he is, He is a born again believer he leads he led us a national worship he led a national conference in worship just um three months ago so uh but you know the truth is. Some of them, I appreciate that some people can go on The Voice and they want to, they want to, they're not quite sure, they want to do something great. And that's an honorable thought. We all want to do something great. But in, and maybe they think if I can get recognised for my voice, I'll then be somebody great. I just hope that they realise that's not what their identity is all about because I want you to understand if you're not secure in who you are before you go on that show, you're not fi- you're, you're, you will not find it on the show because your identity is, is not in how good your voice is, to be honest. That's once again you know, the ability. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not in what you've got. It's not in who you are. So you've got to be realised it's in what you believe in. And I think that's what sets Zach Zeke, sorry. See you. Do watch it. <laughs> I was testing you. Finally, someone had to confess. I <laughs> uh, So we we've got to understand. Nothing, nothing, nothing. It's identity of Jesus. Let's go. This, this last thought this morning, and we'll finish here. Separated. Paul says, "Separated to the gospel of God." Team can come. Separated to the gospel of God. Paul says, "I'm separated to the gospel of God." So many Christians have been recognised for what they are separated from. Sometimes you can live your life. Well, I don't smoke, and I don't, you know whatever and don't you know whatever i don't do this and i don't do that and i don't you know folks don't don't live your life saying well i'm a christian because of what i'm separated from no 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 live your life because of what you're separated to i'm separated to the causes of christ don't get hung up and you know oh well i don't do this i don't that if you know no no it's not about what you're from and now i'm glad that we've those things behind us and those things no longer hold us but it's what we're separated to that needs to excite us I'm separated to the, the good news of Jesus. I'm separated to be a light in my community. I'm not separated to point out everybody's bad spots. Oh, you got all this, you're that problem. You're not, not like me. I never smoked or drank or run with girls who do. I don't chew. You know, all that rubbish. No, no, I'm separated to Christ and his purposes. Now, I know there's things we've got to throw off and things we shouldn't do. Of course we do. But let's live our life looking at the other side of the coin and saying, what, what am I separated to? What am I going to do? What am I going to pr- proclaim? You know, because if all we talk about is what happened in the past, maybe you need to get a new story today. It's, so, all oh, well, I, in my days we used to do this. No, don't live there, folks. In my day, I like some of those things back there, but live now and see what I can do today. Get a new story in Christ. If all you got is an old one, why don't you get a new one and say, I'm separated the What can I do? Paul said, I'm separated to the gospel of Jesus Christ as God. So, how's, how's it going, you know? I think if we can just see the realities of some of these principles that Paul says, Paul, identity in Christ, totally responsive, committed to Jesus Christ, sold out to the causes of Christ, um, called, not just what his job is, but his, his, his calling is to be an apostle. He's a tent maker, but his calling. And then, of course, separated to what God wants him to do. Not always looking over his shoulder. Oh, well, I'm I separated from that and that. No, what are you separated to? Can we stand this morning as we close the service? I want us just to worship. Is that cool? We just sing that song that we were singing just a moment ago. And then I'll, I'll come back just for a moment before we close the service. And, and, and while we're singing, would you just participate? You know, whatever that might mean for you in your heart. Saying, Father... Renew my identity if that's what needs to happen today in you. Not in, help me to throw off the cloak of stuff, of material things and what I am and my position and my title. Help me to embrace you today. Help me, Lord. And it's not like going to happen right away, but there's a process sometimes that happens. If, if, If maybe today it's what people think of you, oh man, that's a terrible one. Say, so God, would you give, take that today? I don't want to be led and dictated to by everybody's whims or thoughts about me. I want to be dictated by you and what you think about me. So, as we worship, would you engage in some spiritual um, connection and interaction? Say, Father, to the Holy Spirit, He's going to be right there. He is. Come on. Thanks, team. the power Every trace of guilt is gone, and in your freedom, here I stay. Given on my heart this word is written.
1: Forgiven,
0: forgiven, forgiven. no not get us shaken. Father today it's not dependent on what we've done but it's what you've done for us in that you Lord Jesus have died on a cross you took the penalty for my sin, and you've given me opportunity for life, But I thank you for that today. I thank you through Jesus that we can have life. I thank you for the incredible mercy that you've reflected and shown me and many all of us here today, because we didn't deserve it, but you gave it freely. We thank you. We receive that. We can sit today and not receive, but we would ask that you'd help us, Lord, to walk in that mercy and grace. Father, Jude, help us to be people that would realise that this world will always throw things at us to say this is what you need to base your life in. And Lord, it'll never be able to match up to the reality of what you offer us, and that is freedom in Jesus Christ and identity in you. And help us not to listen to the lie, Father, people, as people of God. Help us not to get caught up with the things that just want to in, in, um, consume us. And that can be so many different areas. But help us to be people, Father, that we be sold out to the things of Christ. Lord help us to be that servant Lord that would say yeah we'll be that servant that is not just a come, as, come if I want to kind of servanthood I um, today I feel like it tomorrow I won't know but Lord it'll be a day father that every day is a day that I can be sold out to Christ in my words and my actions and my attitudes and Lord we know that today we're far from getting that perfect but we ask for your help father to walk in your holy spirit and your presence and that you would today just bring revelation and, and a change and a shift in hearts and lives of people, Holy Spirit. Right across this auditorium, That say, Jesus is first. And then I'll be separated to the things that he wants me to be separated to. Not looking at what the past had and thinking, oh, I want that again, but seeing the future and what you have for me now. And we thank you and commit ourselves to you. Present ourselves in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Help us, Lord, to walk authentic Christian lives. In Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said, Come on, let's just finish this song this morning. It cannot be erased. It cannot be erased.